Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. We're here to talk about Cabin in the Woods, released in 2011. But before I get started, we got listener emails. We got multiple listener emails. So many, what? At least two. Um, yeah, more, more than one. <laughs> more than one. Specifically two. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes when you're just very famous. Yeah. And it's just. Uh, you get two. Emails. You're inundated. Inundated <laughs> with, with both emails. the emails. <laughs> yeah. So our uh, engineer, yeah, he keeps up with that because I have a, you know, I'm teaching all the time. I'm not like ever looking at anything. Not I'm already looking related. at three email accounts on a regular basis. So yeah, same. So he 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 noticed this and sent them our way and brought them to our attention. So uh, well, let's shout out Heather and Anna, our two um, new besties, our two new besties. Uh, yeah, they're very lovely. Like I said when I we talked about like emailing us with suggestions, I was like, I only want praise and accolades. Yeah, and they you know, delivered and emails, right? They delivered and, in the praise department. <laughs> if you want to be nasty and send rudy tootie emails, <laughs> send them to your mama, somebody else, not me. <laughs> no, not. Please don't send rudy tootie emails to your mom. She probably doesn't deserve it. Well, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe she does. Maybe That's she your raised call. a rudy tootie awful person. So yeah, she deserves it. Um, anyway, there were some like very lovely words and uh, really fun suggestions that yeah. we will for sure like take on, uh, take a look at and consider. And some of them and, are definitely movies that oh, you know like we've talked on. about. Yeah. We were like, yes, yes, we should do one. it. We should do it. Yeah. Yes. So, so it, after the summer project, definitely something we want to tackle. At least yeah. I know Katie was stoked about like Nightmare on Elm Street. That's yeah, her, Anna that's her Nightmare, love. which is you know that that's my series, and um, <laughs> so I was excited to have a little bit of affirmation for that because it's not necessarily a top contender for Meredith, but uh, I am affirmed. I mean, it definitely influenced me when I was like a little kid. And I was just like, "What's on television?" Channel Twenty One, because you know back in the eighties, there was like no nineteen ninety two. There was like four channels at least yeah. in my house and it was channel 21 and suddenly there was like a dark alley and i was like oh what's this and it was freddy and yeah. i was like ah and i turned it off and ran to the kitchen because i was just my heart was pounding and then i wanted to know what was happening and it started <laughs> my terror the scariness fear, obsession yeah love hate relationship of, uh, Rob- robert, In- robert robert england, england yeah. yeah he's the best so yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to give them a shout out. And yeah, we were definitely going to talk about doing those movies. I think it'd be great. So, but before we um, get started with a summary, Katie, you're doing it today. Um, let's see. What is new with you? Ah, um, what's new with me? So last night we had uh, my last ever meeting with my Girl Scout troop, with my daughter's troop. Um, they are eighth graders. They have decided they're not going to continue Girl Scouts into high school, which is extremely common, unfortunately. Um, and so this was our last meeting. And um, 
I think that, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, I was, I would have been kind of emotional, I think, if anybody else had been making a big deal about the fact that it was our last meeting because I led the troop for six years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a really long time. Um, a lot of my hours and effort and blood, sweat and tears into activities for these girls and planning and scheduling and, and all kinds of stuff. And um, it meant and through, a lot to through me. Through COVID, too. Yeah, that through was COVID. Tricky for sure. Yeah, for a couple years having to... Um, do our meetings outdoors and having to pivot plans when things closed and then reopened and then closed again. And when we were in orange tier and when we were in purple tier and waiting, you know, the girls were all on different cusps of being able to get vaccinated because of, you know, when, when, who's turning 11 before this month or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it was a really, really big part of my life for a really long time. And now it's done. Um, which is is kind of sad. and uh, But to distract myself from that sadness, at the end of the night, I decided to fall down the stairs at the uh, friend's house that was hosting us last night um, and landed extremely hard right on my ass on the edge of a riser. And so now I have a very, uh, very, very sore spot um, on my ass. Um, <laughs> Your body, you were just like, I'm feeling uh, feelings yeah. on inside my heart. I need to fall, feel them yeah. on my ass. Right? You know what would go well with this emotional pain? Physical pain. Physical uh, ass pain. Ass pain, right specifically. On, right, right on the butt bone. Yeah, so that that was a bummer. Um, it was a, a glorious moment that was witnessed by basically every single person because oh, we were all leaving at the same time. Oh, my God. Um, I'm considering a lawsuit. Uh, <laughs> You're like, well, Girl Scouts is done. Screw you <laughs> right. and your house you hosted me in. <laughs> um, yeah, so that 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 wasn't that wasn't great. Um, no, it doesn't sound great. No, nope. But yeah, so okay. I'm kind of in a, a an end of an era ass pain funk this morning. Yeah, I understand a little bit of that melancholy, yeah, feeling, and then your ass pain and yeah, all that. Well, yeah, I understand. You know, it's just. It happens yeah. and it sucks. And, I figured a, yeah. the best way would be to distract myself by talking about scary movies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's always my get out, get out <laughs> of my headspace card. Like I'm like, ah, I feel terrible. Either I need a palate cleanser, something funny and ridiculous I can have on in the background, like Shit's Creek or Parks and Rec or uh-huh. The Office, or something horrifying. And I'm like, oh, well, life could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, what's new with you? <laughs> Did you, I, I wonder if you like found out what I fell uh, up the steps this week and decided to emulate me. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, she thinks she can just fall up steps. I'm going to one up her and fall down some. Yeah, I fell up the steps Yeah, today. which is actually harder to do. Oh, my God. I was holding is after school. I had finished my lunch and there's some like concrete steps outside in my classroom. And I had my laptop and a bag full of stuff. And I was holding it, walking up the steps and kind of not really super paying attention, obviously. And then I <laughs> fell and I ate shit hard. And so my knee is like black and blue and green and um, my hands like all scraped up. 
and I was like, I've been hobbling around, like, oh, I'm injured. Oh. What if this was all an elaborate cover story for the Fight Club that you and I have started, just the two of us? We have to explain away all our injuries. We're like, oh, it's the cupboard. The cupboard door keeps hitting us. Right? The stairs. I, the stairs. I fell down. The, I mean, I fell off the stairs. I mean, again. So many stairs everywhere. Oh, my God. I also wanted to mention that I started, I, I re-upped my, or like I finally gave in and re-upped my Apple Plus or my Apple TV subscription because oh, yeah. I really wanted to watch that show Silo because I love the books so much. Uh-huh. Uh, and it de- it's delivering. It's ex- It's so I heard good. Of it. It's so good. It's based on the books, Wool, the Wool series. Oh, okay. Yeah, they came out like... More than 10 years ago. Because yeah, I remember people I, talking about them at book club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I read them when the kid, my kids were like little, 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 and now they're like practically teenagers, so mm-hmm. it's been a minute. But they made it into a show called Silo, and it's it's amazing. It's so good. Hmm. So check it out if you have Apple TV, and you will not be disappointed. It's getting amazing reviews, too, and it's just yeah. very well done. And um, I just love it when somebody takes some material that you read and you really really love and mm-hmm. they do right by it so that's that's always like fun to um to experience that yeah. and like watch it with your and you can share it more with uh, more people like if they're not really big into reading you're like well you don't like books okay whatever so watch <laughs> like, the show <laughs> printed word what Ew. Well, actually on that um same note and it's it's funny this makes me realize it's been a long time since we've done any kind of like wrecks mm-hmm. um but i finally finally watched season two of big little lies which was another one that was a book club book. Leanne Moriarty um, was really popular with our book club selections there for a while. Yeah, he's very, I've um, read like all of her books too. Yeah. They're very, very good. They're very creative and, and engrossing. And then, um, you know, they made season one of Big Little Lies that basically told the entire story that was contained in the book. So when I heard there was season two, I'm like, what are they doing? Like, it, where they already did all the material. But then I right. found out that Leanne Moriarty wrote season two. Mm-hmm. She didn't read, write a second book, but mm-hmm. she wrote the the content of the season so I was like oh, okay well so it should be another good story mm-hmm. um and it I don't think it was as good as season one but um it I feel like they they added Meryl Streep to the cast you um, cannot go wrong oh my god right? she is she is a genius she is an icon she is brilliant and like this character I felt like was unlike really any other that I can recall seeing her perform in the mm-hmm. past yeah and so it was like it was especially intriguing yes. and um you know, it just, it's such a, a remarkable cast of actors that they mm-hmm. put together in this show. And it makes, I mean, it's an HBO show. HBO knows how to do it. They know how it's done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I finally watched season two and I'm like, okay, yes, that was good. I needed, so I needed good. to check that so off. Good. Yeah, yeah, you need to check it out. It's, yeah, I watched it and, and I think it's fun that it takes place like only probably, or it's like happens it's in Monterey, like an hour. Yeah. yeah, in Monterey. So I'm like, oh, very like. California Coast vibe, yeah. which is because it was originally live, set, you know. set in Australia, wasn't it? The book, yeah, was Australia because yeah. yeah. every because the author's Australian, so like yeah. all of her is, stuff is there. Yeah, it takes place there, but um, yeah, I've just been like adding shows to watch and movies to watch for the summer, like yeah. you know, and, and slowly checking stuff off. And I'm excited about like Gino. It, it's fun when you work so so hard because like as teachers, it doesn't end when your contract hours end and mm-hmm. you're like working all the time so yep. it's it's good I was to have doing like it this some, morning I'll be right. doing it this afternoon <laughs> I was just thinking I'm like I'm gonna do report cards next weekend all weekend mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just uh it's nice to have downtime and have some fun recommendations but yeah. you know if anyone has 
I mean, I hope we always want horror recommendations. Yeah. But if anyone has any, but we are other not one note people. No. We, we enjoy clearly. We enjoy things other than horror. Yeah. So if anyone has any fun titles that they're like, you know, oh my gosh, this is this is they great. would love this because I know them this. so well because they tell me what's new with them. We every have our time. two best friends now that emailed us. They, yeah. <laughs> and We're they the four us. best friends that <laughs> anyone can have. <laughs> Well, you can't forget Carlos, if he's still listening. Oh, that's right, Carlos. I wonder, yeah. well, so we Anna three, was from Texas, too. I wonder listeners. if Anna and Carlos know each other. Yeah, they definitely do. Because <laughs> <laughs> Texas isn't big. Yeah, it's not <laughs> insanely massive or anything. And Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, uh, yeah, email Sprex at I'm not scared, you're scared. That might be fun. Yeah. Why not? Uh, I just dropped my pen. Whatever. <laughs> but, so, I think we're ready for our summary of cabin in the woods oh i hope you're ready i'm excited i love that movie i'm excited so good um yeah so and my as i was telling meredith before we started my um recap is a little lengthy um this time so hopefully you know we we don't lose people halfway through they can just speed you up yeah that's true put me on one and a half speed starting now that's like that's like mess like one and a half like you know it's like 1.25 is like at least not insane it just it just sounds like i had extra coffee it just seems like someone's more in a rush to talk (laughs) okay um all right so cabin in the woods um as mara said came out in in 2011 um and it i'm just gonna jump right into the story it begins with a setting of your classic co-workers bullshitting in the office Mm -hmm. scenario um our co-workers are the Excellent, excellent selections of Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins. I know that you're love, a big Bradley Whitford fan. I love Bradley Whitford. He's, He's amazing. And Richard Jenkins is amazing in Six Feet Under. Yeah. I love him. So I loved much. him from, he was in Step Brothers too. He yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and we actually never get the characters' names for these two during the movie. So, in the recap, I'm just referring to them as Bradley and Jenkins. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, so they're moving through this huge corporate building setting. Um, a colleague rushes, rushes up to them and tells them Stockholm went south. And she also says that just leaves Japan and us. And we're like, oh, what's going on? Hmm. Um, but our guys are untroubled by this news and they buzz off in this like in, little indoor golf cart just before the title card slams onto the screen in blood red block letters cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. Like, OK, what are we in for here? <clears throat> So uh, now we're in a quintessential college town. We're meeting Dana, who is packing for a weekend away. We also meet her friend Jules and Jules' boyfriend, Kurt, played by Chris Hemsworth. Mm. Hottie. Um, Sorry. Uh, We also meet Holden, who's the other hottie that Kurt is trying to fix Dana up with. And then Marty, who is the requisite stoner character. And they all load into their caravan to drive off um, on their weekend getaway. And then as the the van drives away, we pan up to the roof of the building to like an obvious, I put like agency man who murmurs into his earpiece, the nest is empty. We're right on time. Yeah. I mean, he looks like a special ops guy. Yeah. 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 Very strange. So, um, all very mysterious like we're getting you know like we it really is a very cliche horror movie thing of like all these young people loading off for a weekend away Mm -hmm. and then but then you've got this tom clancy element going on you're like Like random hmm. patriot games yeah yeah so something something new this time (laughs) yeah 
Um, so we're back in this um, mysterious corporate setting and our two fellas arrive in a central control room. They boot up satellite feeds and we can now suspect that the feeds are tracking our group of college kids. Um, said college kids uh, are now stopping at a derelict gas station on their way to the weekend destination and they encounter the grizzled proprietor uh, who gives them cryptic information on their destination before insulting Jules and angering Kurt. Um, so the group takes off again. They're navigating this perilous looking road through this big rocky tunnel. Um, and we see, you know, it cuts to the hawk soaring through uh, the sky in their wake and suddenly makes contact with an invisible electrical field that the van has driven through. Mm-hmm. So a lot more like you, it's a very standard horror movie sequence so far with just these really weird elements tossed in that are mm-hmm. like, okay, so some this is something different. This is something we haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, the group arrives at an isolated cabin that is remarkably reminiscent of the Evil Dead cabin. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which I love. I'm like, oh! Yeah, I was like, oh my god, it's weird! And where's the yellow rambler? Or the, not the rambler, the yellow car. Yeah, whatever that. Oh, car. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that they it's call... <laughs> They call the caravan. For some reason, I picked the word caravan in my oh, recap. But they to, call it the Rambler. They, they right? call it yeah. the Rambler. It's like a motorhome or a like. I just couldn't decide what I wanted to call it, so I don't know why I settled on caravan. I don't know. I was in, I was in a gypsy mode. <laughs> my big fat gypsy wedding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the group settles into the cabin. They're embracing its rustic vibe. They discover a two-way mirror between two of the bedrooms. And we're like, that's oh, normal. That's totally normal. That's exactly <laughs> what you would expect to find in a ramshackle cabin in the woods. Um, and then there's a pan out from one bedroom of Dana in one of the bedrooms to show us that the corporate fellas are observing banks of cameras that are giving them feeds from every room in the cabin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, okay. So they are being like the corporate setting is watching these kids. And so we're definitely sure of that now. Um <clears throat> The uh, corporate guys make note of uh, bedroom change. They're discussing tactics for chemically altering the kids in the cabin. Um, And then they get a buzz that the quote unquote harbinger is online, too. (laughs) He's like, he's kind of creepy. Yeah, he's he's creeping me out. And they put him through. (laughs) They're like, oh, fine, we'll talk to him. So they reluctantly take the call and it's the gas station proprietor. um, And he dramatically informs them the lambs have passed through the gate. They have come to the killing floor and they're all like rolling their eyes. And they're like, (laughs) oh, sure. Great. Great job, great job, um, humoring him and having a laugh at his expense. And it's like, it's very, there's a lot of comedic elements in this movie. And this mm-hmm. is one where he's like giving them all, making these like, you know, uh, statements. And then all of a sudden in the middle, he goes, wait, am I, am I on speakerphone? Yeah. And they're like, his, no, co- his colleague no. was like snickering. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, wait, that's so rude. And he's like, and then he's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh. So, oh, sorry, I sorry, didn't sorry, realize. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so really, really funny moment there. Yeah, it's um, fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> so back at the cabin, um, now we've got the cliche lake swim scene. All of mm-hmm. the kids are um, out swimming in the lake. Um, but meanwhile, at corporate, our guys are finalizing bets among crowds of employees. Um, and we uh, hear a conversation between them and this new employee who's questioning how they can bet on something that's, quote, fixed when they control the outcome. Mm-hmm. So they tell new guy, uh, we just get them in the cellar. They have to make the choice of their own free will. Otherwise, the system doesn't work. And then they also make the statement, they don't transgress. They can't be punished. And so all of this is like, it's still kind of cryptic at this point. They're, they're hinting at what's going on. 
but they're really giving the the viewer a chance to try and like figure it out on their own. It's mm-hmm. it's not just all laid out from the get-go of what's happening. And I really like yeah. that they did that. Yeah, it makes it's great just to, like to be like, "Wait, what's going on?" like have somebody who's there from like I, I figure he was like a Navy SEAL or something. Yeah, like, yeah, that just got seems, transferred in. Yeah, he seems very like capable and they can go in and rescue people and stuff mm-hmm. but then he like put in he's put into this weird government agency kind of thing and he's like what the heck's going on and they're like well this is how it goes and mm-hmm. he's like this isn't right and they're like yeah what are you gonna do yeah well it's like <laughs> what do they call it um what's the the term for when they're like re- revealing the plot or whatever um and sometimes they do it in a way that's just like super obvious like somebody just you know, there's a, a, a scenario where someone just starts talking and like basically explains everything that's going on so that the viewer understands what's happening. Mm-hmm. And they don't yeah. do that in here. What's that word? I don't remember. Not but revelation, but I can't remember. Exposi- exposition. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, it felt a little bit like at the end of a scary movie or or an end of the movie where the villain's just basically like, so this is why I'm doing this. this yeah, and that's like the monologuing. On. Right. Yeah. So it felt a little bit like that kind yeah. of for the viewer, but like way, way at the beginning. And yeah. Like, well, oh, but it's okay. like they're not laying it all out there. Like they're just saying random phrases that have not been explained. Oh, I guess that's true. Um, and so, and that's why, like, I put the, I quoted them in my recap because it was like they can't transgress. They they don't transgress. They get, well because at this point they say um, we just get them in the cellar, and you're like, what cellar? Like we yeah. haven't even seen the cellar yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just like they're just talking amongst themselves about what they do mm-hmm. and giving us these little bits of information one at a time for us to put together. Mm-hmm. I think exposition is the word I was trying to think of. But anyway, I have no idea. <laughs> I have um, no help at all. There you so go. back in the cabin, next horror movie cliche, they're playing truth or dare uh, until the cellar door explodes open. Um, so the group heads down to explore. <laughs> Wait, really fast. I love it how Kurt goes, the wind must have done it. And then Hold is like, how does that make sense? Yes. Because like, they're all they're all been like kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like in different ways. Like Hold or Kurt is not who he is. Yeah. You know, like he's he's being really jerky. And Holden's like, since when does he act like this? Yeah. You know, and everyone's sort of like freaked out. Like, this is so weird. Why are people being like this? And it's it's it follows the same familiar trope in these movies that you usually see. Mm-hmm. Except this one's like, one character's like, what's going on? Yeah, this, this is isn't not how normal. they normally are. They're, right. they're acting in this cliche way. Yeah, so um, I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, that's to, because one of the other, another one of the corporate characters that's, um, you know, kind of a, a bigger role, but again, we never get her name. Um, she works in, they call it the chem department. Mm-hmm. And so um, they do have conversations with her later, but that's something else that's like, revealed bit by bit Mm -hmm. um and so we haven't really uh learned that yet right um so they go down to the cellar to explore and it's full of a strange mishmash of items which reminded me of like the conjuring basement Mm -hmm. where it's like you know it's just full of shit their room that they have like the room of um all the stuff that's possessed oh yeah right and they're like this is don't touch anything and they have annabelle and all that stuff yeah kind of felt like reminiscent of that yeah that too uh so 
all of them are down there. They're each fidgeting with a different item. They each find, you know, are drawn to something and are kind of looking at it, picking up, touching it. Holden finds a music box that has this little ballerina in it. Kurt uh, picks up a conch shell and then he picks up this ball that kind of reminded me of the Hellraiser box a little bit. Um, Jules finds this um, mannequin with like a bridal gown on it or something and she's playing with the necklace that it's wearing. Um, Marty finds these film reels and so they're all just kind of you know, uh, unspeakably drawn to some random item amongst all of this crap in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dana picks up a journal off of a, a table and she starts reading it out loud. And it's like this twisted fundamentalist shit from this girl named Prudence Buckner. Um, and then she's like, oh, and then there's something in Latin. And I love it because Marty at this point goes, I'm drawing a line in the sand here. Do not read the Latin. <laughs> and it's like, that's such a nod to a horror movie tropes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's so funny. I was like, oh, we just because we just did Evil Dead. So right, I was like, exactly. Oh, no, my gosh. He's like, are we serious? We're seriously going to read this Latin out loud? Like, no, we're not. And Kurt's like, shut up. Nothing's going to happen. And it's just uh, so funny. Um, Very funny. And of course, so Dana does read the Latin, and outside in the woods, zombies begin to emerge from the earth. Obviously, as they would, as yep. they do when you read Latin out loud in a cabin. Mm-hmm. So back at the office, they announce we have a winner. It's the Buckners, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we now can understand that what they were betting on earlier was which item the kids would select from the basement. Which um, little creep creep will come kill them yeah exactly um and my favorite thing is how bradley is disappointed because they they had kind of indicated that he he always bets on the merman yeah uh, because that was what the conch shell was like if yeah. they had chosen the conch shell then the merman would have been the thing that like Emerged came and from killed the them. water or something right? and so he's just really upset he's just like i just oh i'm never gonna see a merman he actually says that uh because he's kurt like, had he, picked up he the conch in his hand yep um And so then we get a glimpse of um, the bank of screens behind them showing other cities around the world, including one that's labeled Kyoto, where we see there's like a ghost demon girl terrorizing a classroom of like school children. Mm -hmm. And it's like a little bit um, grudge ring ish looking imagery. But like we see that there's like terrifying scenarios being set up in other cities as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, okay, more information. We're figuring things out. So um, back at the cabin, Jules and Kurt head outside for some alfresco nookie. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where Marty is pointing out to Dana how weird their their friends are acting. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah. since when is Kurt like this? Since when is Jules? Like, Jules is pre-med. Why is she acting like this? Like super like ditzy weird. Yeah, and Kurt is being all like... Um, like macho male and he's like he's a sociology major like what you know what's yeah, he happening got a full ride scholarship like what yeah. is going on <laughs> uh, but now he's calling his friend an egghead like i don't i don't get it um and so then marty leaves the room dana and holden um are continuing to explore the journal um and then outside so the our corporate guys you know the all they like push little buttons or flip little switches and you see stuff happening at the cabin or in the cabin and um so this they they increase the temperature and quote engage hormone mist out <laughs> in the woods uh for Jules and Kurt and so on the screens uh Jules and Kurt start getting busy and um we're again we're getting these kind of like cryptic comments from um Bradley and Jenkins while they're watching and they say things like they're keeping the customer satisfied um and a lot of this stuff matches other hints that they've said so far about a boss or an upper authority mm-hmm. um that's like you know that is i don't know uh, above them in this process um 
Jenkins says, makes a statement, you realize what's at stake here. So you're like, okay, we still haven't, like, we still have questions about what's actually going Mm on. Um, So just as Jules and Kurt's hookup is getting good, a zombie appears and plunges a knife into Jules's hand. During the attack, Jules is killed. Um, And so then back at the office, Jenkins says, like, very, you know, soberly and ceremoniously, he goes, this we offer in humility and fear for the blessed peace of your eternal slumber as it ever was. And then Bradley gets up and goes and pulls this lever that sets these gears into motion that break a vial that pours blood out of a spout into some sort of mold thing. So it's like, this is all very like ceremonious, you know, it's like a ritual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> and back in the cabin, Dana and Holden finally making out, we're like, yay, go Dana. Um, and Marty goes for a walk outside. Um, and then suddenly Kurt bursts out of the woods yelling at Marty to run and they rush back into the cabin where Kurt tells them that Jules is dead and that they have to leave. Um, Dana is refusing to leave without Jules and she opens the door to like go out and find her or something and reveals this huge zombie redneck standing in the doorway who flings Jules's severed head to her. So they're able to force the door back closed with the zombie outside. And now this is the moment where they re- figure out that the zombies outside are the family from the journal that they read the Buckners. Mm-hmm. So Kurt takes charge and like states that they must stay together and corporate. They were like, ah, oh, shit. And they're like, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And so then they flick a switch and they release something from a vent in inside the cabin that when Kurt walks past, he suddenly stops and is like, wait a minute, this is wrong. We should split up. <laughs> so we know that like they're being manipulated like, like, chemically and stuff. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now a zombie starts smashing through the wall. So they all rush to their separate rooms and corporate goes lock them in. And then all the bedroom doors slam shut and lock. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're totally, you know, just at the mercy of the um, the puppeteers at corporate mm-hmm. are just manipulating everything that they're doing. Um, in Marty's room, he accidentally breaks a lamp and discovers this micro camera inside. <laughs> and I just love it. He goes, oh, my God, I'm on a reality TV show. <laughs> Um, But just then, um, Zombie Buckner smashes through the window, pulls Marty outside. Marty runs, but he gets a knife in the back, and he's dragged into the woods screaming. And so back at corporate, a second lever is pulled, a second vial of blood is broken, and pours into another mold. And this time, we see a little bit more of the mold, and it looks like it's the outline of a person. Mm -hmm. She's like, okay, okay, okay. Still putting things together. Um, When the zombie busts into Dana's room, and she realizes that the door is locked and she can't get out, Holden smashes the two-way mirror between their rooms to get her out of her room and into his Um, and then they move the bed to block his window and they uncover a trap door so they head down to escape Um, down below they're attacked again by the zombie but Dana like fucks him up with a crowbar and a knife Um, and so they they kind of defeat him in a sense in that moment Um, but then there's like another really cool thing that the our corporate guys do is they they flick this lever and you see this tiny little electrical like shock or zap from the knife in Dana's hand so she drops it yeah I thought that was really fun yeah and it was like you could all it would be very easy to miss that when Mm -hmm. it when it happened in the movie but it's like that's the extent to which they've contrived this situation that they're like well we want to she has a weapon we want to make sure that she doesn't keep it because that will improve the likelihood that she whatever survives or or something Mm -hmm. and so they already have something in place to trick to get her to drop the weapon I'm like, oh, those clever bastards. Um, So next, um, Kurt finds his way to them in the cellar, and the three of them bust out of the cabin. And as they're running away, Dana asks, what about Marty? And Kurt replies, they got him. And at that moment, I wasn't really sure 
how Kurt knew that. Um, I, I didn't either. But they know. never really explain it, and it's it, it doesn't matter, but it's kind of no. like, oh, why, why would he have known? He was inside the cabin. Yeah. And, you know, but anyway. Um, so the three of them pile into the Rambler and, and tear off. Um, but now we're seeing what's happening in Kyoto. The charming Japanese school children are neutralizing their demon assailant. And it's like, oh, that's not good. Um, so corporate guys are pissed. And we understand at this point that it, this means that they're our corporate guys are the last chance to complete this ritual because all the other cities have failed. Jenkins is funny because he's like going to the ca- uh, the TV monitors. He's like, fuck you, fuck you to like <laughs> yeah. each of the kids. <laughs> and they neutralize the monster and they're like, he can, she can live as a little frog. In this happy and, frog. In the happy frog. Yay. Yay. <laughs> oh, he's like adorable so little Japanese school children. It was so cute. Um, I was dying. It was yeah. funny. So um, now this is where um, we see we have the our chem girl um, playing a bigger part in the conversation. And they're complaining to her that Marty almost made them like he almost figured things out, you mm-hmm. know, by finding that micro camera and everything, even though like supposedly his weed had been laced. And so they're like, what? Like you're fucking this up or whatever. Um and uh, the chem girl says it doesn't matter. Like the fool's toast anyway. They're like it doesn't matter that Marty almost figured out or whatever because he's he's gone. Um, and they're watching the the rambler speed down the road on their screens. Um, and chem girl is kind of worried. She says that, and she goes, um, "We're humanity's last hope. If the ancients rise." But she's cut off. They cut her off mid sentence um, on her call in a panic because they see that there was a cave in that was supposed to happen in the tunnel on the road, um, but it didn't. And so the caravan is, or the rambler is going to be able to get through the tunnel and escape. So they're like, shit. And so they're like running around in a panic. They just barely get the tunnel to blow before the rambler ends up, like, before it can escape. Um, so they avert that that disaster. And now Dana, Kurt, and Holden are stuck on the edge of this huge chasm that's blocking them from the road out. So naturally, Kurt decides to jump the chasm on his motorcycle. Yeah. Which I guess they, like, had in the Rambler? It was attached to the back. It was on the back? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's, it's like a dirt It's bigger than a dirt bike, but it, it is the kind of thing that you would take with you for, you know, outdoor biking or whatever. And it's something yeah. he does. But so he's going to jump the chasm and go get help. He's like, I could totally make this, actually. He's yeah. He's like, fine. I've done, I've done jumps bigger than this. Yeah. Um, so he makes this heroic speech. Dana kisses him for good luck on the cheek. Um and he takes off and he's sailing through the air and then he rams into the same electrical field that the hawk did earlier and he plummets to his death in the chasm. Yeah. So that's the end of our hottie him. Chris Hemsworth. Such Bye. a such a loss. I know. Yeah. Very sad. So it's only those two left. Yeah. So there's another or, lever, another vial, and yeah. then another outline filled with blood back at corporate. Um, and at this point, Dana's like, Maybe Marty was onto something. Yeah, yeah. and this, she's like, she's like, oh, we're we're trapped. Like she's realizing that somebody's doing this to them. Like someone mm-hmm. is pulling strings. Someone is manipulating the situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she and Holden are back in the Rambler. They're heading back the way they came. Holden's like, we'll find another road, this and that. But Dana can see what's happening, that they'll be stopped from escaping because mm-hmm. um, she's, you know, figured that out. Um but before they even get that far, a zombie who was hiding in the caravan stabs Holden through the neck, and the Rambler goes off the road into the lake. 
Um, so yeah, <laughs> I mean, it happens. Um, Dana escapes from the vehicle and from the zombie and gets to the surface. Um, and so at corporate celebration has begun. Um, but our new guy is confused again. And he's like, if Dana's still alive, how can the ritual be complete? Mm-hmm. And Bradley tells him the virgin's death is optional. As long as it's last, the main thing is that she suffers. And so we're like, okay, so like the ritual is they all had to die, except, you know, the virgin can live or die. Yeah, the final girl can live or die. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. So Dana climbs out onto the dock um, next to the lake, but only gets a moment's peace before the zombie attacks again. But her screams are drowned out on the screens at corporate by the party music. And everybody's like (laughs) drinking their beers and cheersing and celebrating. and so the coworkers are mingling, they're dancing, they're drinking. There's a lot of like little funny scenes, like the nerd trying to hit on this one girl and her like walking away. And it was just, you know, kind of a funny setting. And the question of the tunnel cave in snafu is revisited. And the demo team keeps saying that like, it's not our fault. There was a glitch. There was a power reroute from upstairs. Up and they top, were like, something happened. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, wait, what? Um, and then just then this red telephone on the wall starts ringing and they get word of some sort of problem. And the last thing that Bradley says into the phone is which one before we cut back to Dana, who's still trying to fight off the zombie. And it seems she's totally done for until Marty shows up and saves her with his. We didn't mention his uh, coffee mug bong. That, <laughs> that, it's like gigantic. And he uses it as a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of fun. I like that. Yeah. Um, but now, so now we understand why, you know, they got the call on the red phone is because they thought the ritual was complete. But since Marty wasn't actually killed, then it's not. He still needs no, to die. Yeah, and yeah. he has to die before Dana yes. is he. Yeah. Um, so Dana and Marty run back toward the cabin and Marty leads her into a hole in the ground, which is actually an entrance to the corporate levels that turns out are below them underneath mm-hmm. the cabin itself. Um, so they it's the same elevator that set, sent the Buckners up to get them. They use that elevator to go down and through the glass wall of the elevator, they see all of these other elevator cars, each one full of all manner of terrifying creatures. Um and then, you know, so they're passing just just some really creepy shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Dana notices one of them is holding the ball, like the Hellraiser type ball from the cellar. And she realizes that they chose mm-hmm. what would attack them. Like, because she recognizes that that was down there as well. And that the journal that they chose was linked to the zombies that attacked them. So she's still like, you know, putting this together. Um. So all the corporate folks are in a frenzy to um, find them because now they know that they're down in, you know, the under underground. They've been infiltrated. Whatever. Yeah, they've been infiltrated. Um, and and this is something where it's like not ever really like explicitly said, but you, you figure out because Marty um, has is kind of like manipulating some of the wiring and the control panels and everything in the hole that he um, had taken Dana into. And so you're like, oh, that was the power reroute. Like mm-hmm. when he survived, it, what, you know, however he got out or something, that yeah. was what messed up the electrical that caused the cave-in to not happen. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so when now um, one lone security guy does find Dana and Marty in their elevator car, um, but they uh, he so he opens the elevator car and he tries to separate them so that he could make sure Marty dies first. Um, but they knock him out and get away with his gun. Well, a little zombie hand grabs him too. Yes. And he's like, ah, it's yeah. very funny. 
Because the zombie hand had like gotten Marty before and he was like, God damn it, zombie hand. But then the God zombie hand zombie like hand. Helps, it helps them escape the security guy. And Marty goes, good job, zombie hand. <laughs> um, so now they're in this lobby type area surrounded by all these elevator doors and a voice that is oddly familiar starts speaking to them over the PA you and it, um, <laughs> it assures them that the nightmare creatures they've seen are nothing compared to what came before what lies below uh, the purpose of this whole thing is to sacrifice the kids to placate these ancient ones um, so Dana and Marty hide in this control office when the next security team arrives guns blazing and Dana was like yeah fuck you guys and she opens all of the elevator doors releasing all of the nightmare creatures from their cells on the security team and this scene is just amazing like it's oh, just bedlam it. of it's like so it's like a you know a cobra that's as big as a house plus like the evil stabby clown and like then you know wispy ghost spirits and like just the whole spectrum of anything that's ever been in a scary movie mm-hmm. like you have you know the 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 serial killers in the doll face masks like just yeah. random shit all the over the place they all get out and they're just slaughtering everybody that works for this the unicorn this corporate. Ho- with horning people yes it's like <laughs> oh a like, unicorn and it's like stabbing this guy like impaling him against the wall repeatedly the with its horn and then werewolves and then yeah, vampire yeah. bats and yeah like no no like continuity between characters and that's what makes it like so cool and like kind of funny but also just like brilliant I yeah. think yeah. It was that whole spectrum of, of scary things attacking. So um, soon the, in, uh, <laughs> the entire workforce is slaughtered by all of these monsters, including Bradley finally meeting and falling prey to his merman. The merman. Like, he's, he's like, oh, God. <laughs> he's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> and it's like, it's funny because this whole time he's saying merman, merman, merman. And I don't know anybody that's around our age. I was picturing King Triton. <laughs> mermaid and the thing that crawls up to him is just this like hideous fish beast like with just these razor teeth and you're like oh god merman and the blood spurts out of his blowhole yeah yeah that was really nasty but very funny yes um okay so dana and marty find their way through all of this mayhem they run into jenkins um who's the last one living and after i mean dana stabs him um but he still before he dies pleads with her to kill marty to complete the ritual Mm -hmm. um they end up in the main ceremonial chamber and all around them on the walls are the outlines that had been filled with blood every time a lever was pulled um, and the source of the familiar voice we heard earlier arrives, and it's Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, it's because you, you know, if you know her voice well, you would have known it was her just from the, you know, the, when you heard her over the PA. Mm-hmm. But I bet you there are a lot of viewers that, like, knew they knew the voice but couldn't place who it was. Yes, yeah. If they aren't big alien fans. I um, think there was an <clears throat> alien-type creature, too, that came out and killed, that was, like running around too yeah i think there was um so sigourney explains to them the required five deaths for the ritual um the whore the athlete the scholar the fool and the virgin and dana goes like wait me like about the virgin virgin with this like look on her face and sigourney weaver goes we work with what we have (laughs) so basically like you can't find a virgin anymore i'm not a virgin i'm in college what do you yeah So um, Sigourney tells Marty, um, you know, that basically if he lives, 
all of humanity will die. Mm -hmm. Um, And she tells him, you can die with them or you can die for them. Um, And Dana has had the the gun this whole time. And for a moment, it looks like she's going to shoot Marty. But first, she's attacked by a werewolf. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, just bites her shoulder. Yeah. kind of. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Ah! I'm I'm bleeding everywhere. Um, And so while that's going on, now Sigourney and Marty are struggling until Prudence Buckner, one of our original zombies, arrives and buries an axe in Sigourney's head. Um, And so now Marty and Dana are sitting together, kind of resigned to the outcome of all of it. He blazes up a J and the chamber collapses around them and a titanic hand bursts up through the ground, destroying the cabin and smashing into the screen. Yeah. The end. And that is a cabin in the woods. That is that a cabin a very good in the synopsis. woods. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was detailed, but I felt like it, it it was kind of it's silly to call it complex. Um, but I think that what part of what makes this movie so good is the way that the story is revealed. Well, it's definitely different. So, yes, you know, like in a serial or not. Well, like a Michael Myers Halloween, you're like, well, so then he got her. Yeah. You know, and they died. And then he like stormed off and got someone else and they died. Yeah. So it's it's not there's not like anyone manipulating or causing this. Right. Sort of. Yeah. But I have to ask you, did you think it was scary? I thought like some parts were like, ooh, like what's going to happen? Made me a little nervous, you know, nervous for them. Mm -hmm. I didn't find it scary, but I do. I did. You know, I thought it was more fun and Mm -hmm. thrilling, like the zombies and coming out and and. um and then what happened to them in the end? Like, how are they going to get out of this? There's like thousands of different creatures that are like fucking shit up. <laughs> right? How would they get out of this? But then I was like, well, they won't. But um, that they're but they're going to give all these people their just desserts, sort of like for letting this happen. But then mm-hmm. also, are they trying to prevent the end of humanity? So maybe yeah. they're not so horrible. I don't know. You kind of yeah, a little, little moral quandary there. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't think it's scary. I thought it was smart. I thought it was really funny. I, th- I loved the different kinds of humor. I loved the different nods to this whole genre, right. the tropes of, that you see, and, like, the full acknowledgement. It just felt, like, very, very, like, it reminded me a lot of Scream, where they're like, okay, so there's the rules. Yeah. The, you know, you don't do this, you don't do that. You know, you don't go into the garage by yourself. You know, you don't go by yourself. And in this one, it's it was very much the same thing. And it's like, they were orchestrating all of the stereotypes to make them happen. Mm-hmm. And make people make stupid decisions. So I thought that was just very, very funny and and um, smart. And I loved that the stoner was like super suspicious and um, like yeah. something's happening. You know, we're being manipulated, and you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on. And you know, but and he's sitting there like reading a book, and he's all sm- smoked out. And suddenly there's like whispering, like go for a walk. And he's like, what? I who is, like, that? Who is that? And he's like, you're gonna go for a walk. And he's like, what, do you think I'm just your puppet man? And then he's like, I'm going for a walk. And then he goes, <laughs> so it's just very funny. Like, mm-hmm. the comedy was, it was great. Yeah. It was very great. And I wouldn't say, like, this is terrifying, but it was definitely very, very entertaining and a fun horror movie. Yeah. What about you? Did you think it was scary? Um, no, not overall. Um, like you like you said, there were a couple parts 
that I I thought were scary, um, particularly when when they first go down in the elevator and it's like a very quiet like setting and they're it's just blackness around them. And then it starts like slowly revealing to them just a couple of different um, of the like terrifying creatures that they could have potentially chosen. Um, and that's like one of them is the the little ballerina that you figure would be like if they had chosen the music box that Holden had been looking at that had the ballerina in it. You're guessing this would be the thing that would have attacked them. And she's got her back to Marty. But then she turns <sighs> and instead of a face, it's like like a lamprey, like r- just rings of teeth in her oh, entire super, face. Super like Silent Hill. Yeah. Feeling. OK. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that moment, um, and then the when the Hellraiser guy kind of shows up and Dana's just, like, standing, they're just staring at each other on either side of this, like, glass wall, basically. And he's not moving. He's just looking straight at her, holding that little ball. Um, and it's, like, that moment, and that's when she re- is realizing that they, they chose what was going to attack them and everything. That scene, I feel like, was really unnerving, yeah, um, but a well, lot he was, of the, like looking at her without any expression. Yeah, very, very, very pinhead. Like, yes, yeah, like just because he had these, he had these like detached black, black shark eyes, yeah. kind of like staring at her. Yeah, and she's like, like what? What do you want from me? What are you doing? And and he's just like staring at her. Yeah, and not, you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so like, fun. and I think that some of the elements of it that would have been scary weren't because the whole the the whole story of the the kids at the cabin is broken up throughout by showing what's happening at corporate. And since what's happening at corporate is very not horror movie ish um, and is the presence of a lot of the humorous moments, um, there's never an opportunity for scariness to build between these scenes that have the potential to be a little creepy, like them in the basement, you mm-hmm. know, looking at all of those items or when she's like reading what's in um, the journal, like all of those, the the cliche scenes that are from, you know, every horror movie that takes place in a spooky cabin. Yeah. Were really well done, um, but because of the way that it's broken up for the purposes of this story, it never really gets a chance to be scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that. I love the originality of the story, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's just very captivating. Because, like I said, like if you didn't know anything about it going in, and this is one thing where I had not seen a trailer for this before I watched it the first time years ago. Um, and it's one of those movies where I feel like that's best case scenario because I don't know what the trailer looked like, but I imagine that it kind of told, gave you a little bit of an idea of what was going on here. But if you didn't have that idea going into it, it was really like, a ooh, wait, what's that? What are they doing? Like, what's going on? And the Mm -hmm. way that they slowly pay out that rope of giving you bits of information little by little um, for you to put together, you know, the the whole situation and then start noticing things on your own that explain and support what you figured out is going on. Like, that makes it just really interesting and enjoyable. Yeah, I think the trailer just had, like, a cabin in the woods and, you know, what kind of evil lurks there and... And then you, I went to see it, and then you're like, oh, shit, I wasn't expecting this, like, yeah, at all. This very is crazy. Unexpected. Yeah, so I love being surprised, too. And, mm-hmm. yeah, like, you hit the nail on the head a bit. You know, it's it's such a, it's just really fun and smart. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I, um, I love all the nods, and it feels yeah. so fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Especially it's like- someone who loves 
the genre so much. So yeah, because the the like again the the cabin setting is very trope. Um, but then in addition to that, I, I love the, the assortment and I already said this, but like the selection of scary things in all of those cars, because it really did kind of demonstrate, you know, for us as horror movie fans, the spectrum of what is out there in scary movies that That they use to frighten you because (laughs) it's like, there's a fog. Yeah, like maybe maybe it's a fog. Maybe it's a giant snake. Maybe it's a you know a little girl in a tutu with teeth instead of a face. Maybe it's a serial killer clown. (laughs) Or yeah, or maybe it's the the doll masks. Or you know, or it's Hellraiser. Or there like there was a dragon, like a baby dragon. You know, Um, just uh, there's there's such a spectrum of things that scare us. And had asylum patients. It had like I mean. Think of it, whatever like scares you, it was probably there. Yeah, yeah. And they, it's it's like they looked at the entire canon of the entire genre of horror and represented all of it. And that's like I think that that's really cool as a fan of the genre to recognize the the variety of things mm-hmm. that are utilized in in these films mm-hmm. and like how you know that's why you know some things scare some people and and not others right. because yeah. everybody has their different thing and this genre is just so far flung and so the the idea that they were just like well we're gonna have one of these and we're gonna have one of these and we're gonna have one of these and like mm-hmm. fill all of these cars with every possible thing that could scare somebody um as options to Mm -hmm. you know kill these kids yeah um and it was it was so smart how they did it like you saw them get attacked in real time in the movie but then also like they had uh, security camera footage from across the whole like office whatever it's like a compound of some kind Yeah, yeah yeah and it had different rooms with like these different office workers being just like brutalized by all these different creatures <laughs> yeah. on the footage and it was really it was really fun i was like oh yeah. shit like that part reminded really me a, a little bit of um the raccoon city like the uh resident evil compound the right. hive yeah this yeah. like underground corporate sterile setting where people are just like going this is just their job they're just going around about doing their you know their work and like maybe they're in the demolition office or maybe they're on the the chemical team or maybe they're supervisors or whatever yeah and it's very yeah. businesslike yes um but it's linked this this horrifying like, ancient practice yeah. insanity yeah. yeah yeah so i thought that was really just I would not say delightful, but I felt delighted. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was delighted it. by it as well. I was so, like, ha, ha, ha. And I think that it's interesting because this is the first, we, we didn't remark on this at the outset, but this is the our first movie of our summer theme of secluded settings. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this idea of the cabin in the woods is one of the quintessential secluded setting tropes in horror movies. Um, and, but yet this, this movie didn't, didn't feel that way. Right. Because like they were there was just so many people and it was linked to this other like very populated setting um, that was, you know, the other half of the movie, basically, like five people in this cabin isolated in the woods, but also like hundreds and hundreds of people in this compound orchestrating it. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was very fun. It was kind of maybe an uh, ironic choice um, to start off this theme because (laughs) it's not secluded. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, it's a juck. Uh, it was definitely a juxtaposition. Like, there's mm-hmm. five kids; they're all alone. Ah, and then down there, yeah, hundreds of people living their lives, talking about the mundane mm-hmm. of uh, childproofing their house, right. or you know how someone's being a pain in the ass, or uh, you it know, was like, literally hey, the office. <laughs> yeah, it, and yeah, you're right. It wasn't super secluded, but they were secluded and yeah. they were terrorized. And well, and all we've that stuff, we've so. already <laughs> done a lot of um, the more well known, I think, movies that take place in that setting. You know, we did yeah. Evil Dead. We've done Friday the Thirteenth. We've done like out in the woods Texas things Chainsaw before Massacre. Texas. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of movies that support this as being a significant um, setting in horror. Um, this, you know, out, out out in the woods and, you know, whether it's a, a cabin or a house or a whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I actually, yeah, I don't think that um, it was a, a bad choice to start off the genre, but I think it, I think it's kind of funny because it is, it's also, like we said, it's representing the elements that are present in all of them. Right. In yeah. that, in that setting of the, the cabin in the woods. Yes. And I love the movie. Yeah. It's just so fun. It's great. It's it's really smart and really fun. So maybe it shouldn't count for what we're doing, but you know it's too late now. We it's already did it. So. Yeah, and you, there's nothing anybody can do about it. Yes, yeah, what are you gonna do? We're in charge. Yep, in charge of some things. <laughs> at least this. So that's yeah. fine. So um, I think we don't always dedicate a lot of time to our parent corner anymore. I think partly because as our kids get older, mm-hmm. it's not. Um, you know, we've kind of moved down that path of the difficulty of showing them scary movies. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to just try and this is something where um, there there's a little bit of well, I mean, there's a lot of blood at the end when when all of the um, nightmare creatures are killing everybody in the compound. Um, and then and there's violence, you know, kind of throughout. There are boobs at one point when yeah. Jules and Kurt are hooking up. She does go topless. Yes. Um, so there's that one sex scene element. So it's not, um, you know, wouldn't be good for our, our just starting out horror fans, even right. though, like we said, it's not particularly scary. Um it might be to a littler kid, depending on, you know, how they responded to it. But mm-hmm. since so much of the value of this movie is in its intelligence, yeah, I think that that might be a little bit lost on a younger viewer. Right. I mean, I feel like I would definitely show this to Charlotte, but I think that a lot of the jokes would not be, they would be lost. Like, yeah. how would she know, not having not seen Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. that the Harbinger is a... Yeah. Is it's present. Death it's, it's so, yeah, there's Joe. Go back to that camp. There's bones You're going out there. to camp blood, ain't you? Yeah. yeah. So like that, getting that joke, you yeah. know, like as view as like older viewers have seen a gambit of all the movies, and we're like, oh, that just that's from this movie and this movie and this movie, and mm-hmm. that's what makes it so funny. She might be like, oh, this is kind of boring. Yeah. Or not. I don't know. She yeah. might, but maybe. You know, in a few years after getting some more scary movies under her yeah. belt, she might appreciate it. I but think. you wouldn't watch it to be scared. Because like we said, no. it, it's it's not scary. No, um, but I think that, it, that there's something. It's like, if you're going to watch that movie, you want them to at least enjoy it or get the jokes. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be enjoyable for them. And we've said that about some other ones in the past. I think that it's not that they're inappropriate for young viewers, but that young viewers just wouldn't appreciate them. Yeah. They wouldn't enjoy it. At least that's our... Yeah, I think that we've said that about a few movies. Like, mm-hmm. this is really, really good, but younger kids might be like, this is freaking slow. It's yeah, like, boring. what's even happening? Why, Why am I do watching I care this? about this? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but this is slow burn. You don't, uh, whatever. You don't yeah. care. 
He's You'll understand okay, when you're older. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would show it to her if she was like, I might want to watch it with yeah, you. Yeah, I would recommend it to like, Grace. Sure, I think fine. Grace would enjoy it because she has seen so many horror movies. Yeah, and we're just like dipping the toe for me, for my kids. So. Yeah. But she would probably definitely think it was fun. Mm-hmm. At least funny. You know, maybe. Yeah. And the humor is dry. A lot of it's really pretty yeah. dry. It, it, it's very, it's very cerebral. Yes. Yeah. So that's another reason why it's like a 10 year old would be like, I don't get it. What just happened? Right. <laughs> and you have to explain. Um, so I think for next time we are doing Children of the Corn. That's Outlander. right. Outlander. So yeah, keeping with 1984. the 1984 secluded setting theme um this case obviously it's not one cabin but it's the entire town of gatlin that's very like out of the way cut off from society around it yes yeah so i'm gonna be doing that recap i'm excited i love that movie it's a good Um, one it's a good one it's amazing i mean it's super dated though if you've never seen it um, oh, or if you haven't yeah. watched it in a long time and you rewatch it um, for the, you know, for the purposes of being prepared for our episode, um, be prepared for it to be very dated. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But, it, but, but in a charming way. And it's a classic. And it's really, yeah, it's good. So, and if anyone has suggestions for secluded setting. Yeah, we've got a um, pretty good list to work off of for this summer, but some of them, you know, we're still on the fence about and we yeah, can always yeah. use inspiration. Yeah. So email. Uh, this is the second time I'm saying, hey, email us. Now that we've gotten two, I feel like maybe we, now one we, more we person more. email. You never know. <laughs> and um, they can reach us at I'm not scared. You're scared at gmail.com. That's right. Our, our engineer checks that uh, until summer. I might check it. Yeah. After school. Probably not. Out. It'll probably still be him. Who's to say? Anyway, good discussion. Uh, if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, you've already pretty much heard everything, but it's really fun to watch. Yeah. It's even <laughs> if you know the, what's going on, it's really entertaining. It's funny. It's great. Watch it. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.